Welcome to episode 10, season 2 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. Joining me this week, Vicky Barrett from Johannesburg. Good evening. And back for the first time this season, Devon Pandya from Leicester. Good afternoon. Welcome back. Good, good to be back. Right, so how is everybody? Um, just just um, Mickey, um, so the yeah. clock, clocks have gone back here. But, sorry, the clocks have gone gone back one hour here, so it's quite the, the nights are drawing in, and it's quite dark and it's quite miserable. Um, but apart from that, we've won five one, so I'm I'm top of the moon at the moment. Absolutely, I'm a little bit hoarse, but you know, it's been a great afternoon, and I love watching Spurs when they play like that. I, I, I love it. That was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I saw a post, um, one of the guys on Facebook, he, he posted, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. I love when Tottenham win away. <laughs> and I felt myself singing that the entire time in my head. <laughs> Dev, what's your um, take on the game? Well, um, I think the um, aperitif of having Tim Sherwood sacked uh, Helped a lot, and uh, <laughs> to go to move on to the main course. Um, no, I was really pleased because I did expect us to beat Bournemouth. I did think that the um, Andalette game was a one-off, and um, Poch was right to really have a go at the players because he's been very supportive of them when we've been playing well, and and we're the um, second, well, uh, third form team in the Premier League at the moment. So, uh, um, you know, I'm glad that we won, and, and we won in style as well. Yeah, we did. Absolutely. It was brilliant. And you, Deb? I think that, you know, it was, it was, it was a good performance. I thought shaky start initially, um, uh-huh. which is, you know, which is fine that some, sometimes that, that happens. But, but that was just really, that was maybe the first, I don't know, five or ten minutes. But we, I think we equalised fairly quickly. Um, it was a stupid mist- mistake by their keeper. He shouldn't have come out and, and committed himself. But, Hey ho, he did, and we we capitalised on that. I was I was a little nervous when Harry Kane went up and took the penalty. I would have rather Ericsson at the time. That was my feeling at the time. I don't know if you, either of you, felt that way. Um, no, no, no. I was I was I was happy that Harry took it because um, he just looked determined, and and it, it's weird. I woke up this morning and I just thought, you know what, this is Harry's day. I'm. I'm one of the ones that have also said, oh, well, you know, maybe he's just lost confidence, whatever. I've never, ever thought that he's a one-trick one pony or one-season pony or whatever the case, whatever the term is. But I woke up this morning thinking, this is Harry's day. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, but it's just Bournemouth. No, it's not just Bournemouth. In the Premiership, it's not just mm. whoever you play against. Because on anybody's day, we've discussed this before, anybody can come and beat anybody. So, yeah. 
I mean, coming away to Bournemouth, I thought, <clears throat> you know, they've got something to prove. They want to, they want to show everybody that they're here to stay. It's going to be a tough game. And the first 10 minutes, I thought, oh, damn it, Spurs. Just, you know, can we get a bit of spark? And once they did get that bit of spark and started getting going and equalized with the penalty and, and Kane took that in style, let me just add, I was really, really impressed. And again, we came out in the second half. And it was also the first five, ten minutes were really, really slow to start. And then we got into it. And then it was, you know, fairly smooth sailing. But the whole time, hats off to to Bournemouth, they were fighting all the way and they were pressing all the way. You know, so it's not just a matter of, oh, you're just playing Bournemouth, so don't get over, don't get ahead of yourself. That was damn good performance and well done. I'm proud of the boys. It, it was it was a good performance and, and we did, after that shaky start, we, we looked strong and only ever looked like one team that was going to win. Um, I thought that Kane, for me, was a man of the match and not just because of his hat-trick, not just because he, um, I think it was Kane that crossed the, crossed the ball um, and Lamella scored. Um I think I could be wrong about that, but just his general all-round play, just the way that he held up the, li- the line. I've said it before on previous podcasts. He's the only recognised centre forward that we've got, and by that I mean somebody who can hold, <clears throat> who can play with his back, back to goal, that's strong, that can hold the ball, that can turn, that can lead the, lead the line. Particularly if you're playing one um, one striker, you, you, you need that. And I, and I, I thought he was man of the match, um, but. I think actually across the whole team, I thought they all played. They well. all played really well. Lloris made a really good save. Um, yeah. I think when I think when we were four one up or something like that, um, Ericsson was was brilliant. Lamella looked good. Um, obviously Ericsson had a shot which um, came off the post. Um, I thought I'm going to say something a bit strange. I don't don't know what either of you two think, but I thought Toby Alderweireld he didn't do much, but I thought what he did he did very well. He looked solid once again. It always looks solid, yeah. I thought, you know, you know, granted, I mean, there were a few mistakes here and there, but at the end of the day, I think what 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 caught me was the fact that they, they communicated with each other. You know, you were seeing them talking and and shouting commands at each other and and saying, you know, look, there, there's two on that side. You need to cover them and and all the rest of it. So yeah, I mean, their first, they open, they well, their only goal. Was was a mistake by Rose, okay? But for the rest of the game, he made up for that mistake by the way he yeah. played. So, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go and oh well, Rose shouldn't be playing. Bullshit. We've got Rose, we've got Davies. You play them where you feel that they can do the most good for the team, and and, and <clears> you're lucky to be in that position to be able to choose from them. So, I'm I, I thought I thought. Um, Dembele had another good game. I thought Deli Ali, oh, he's just flamboyant with, with the way he plays. He's just composed and, and he's getting better and better every game. Um, Harry Kane was obviously just like, there were, there were moments of the old Harry there, which was really exciting to watch where he was, he was taking charge. And that's what I, I really enjoyed. Ericsson was quite, <laughs> But confident, you know, he, there were moments of brilliance with him, and that's what I love about Ericsson. Him and Kane hook up really, really well together. I like the Delhi Ali and Dembele combination. And then, of course, you know, I, I thought Carl Walker also had a good game. Um, all of them, you know what, in their own way, they contributed to that win. And, and I'm so proud of them. And good, that good, was a great performance. Good to have, I know he 
featured on Thursday, but good to have Dyer back after his suspension back in the Premier League. Absolutely, absolutely. D- Dev, who, who was your standout player? I was just going to say the same thing about um, Harry Kane. That, um, I thought he had a fantastic game. And I think um, just generally, I mean, there's been this talk in the media and amongst our fans as well about how uh, Harry slipped off the page since last season and he's got a second, I hate that bloody phrase, second season syndrome. It's like it's got nothing to do with him. The fact of the matter is that um, when you listen to him speak about his form in interviews, he's he's bristling with enthusiasm. He's got the um, the energy about where he's at and he doesn't have any doubts about his, his, his qualities of play. And I think that's a combination of how how much he's been on on the circuit as far as playing is concerned he's played lower league on loan he's played at other teams as well he's been at Leicester and then he came back to Spurs and a combination of that with um, how much influence Poch is having on him as well but he's never said at any point that um, yeah you know I've got to watch out for my form he's just said look you know I'm feeling fine I don't know, you know everyone else seems to have an issue with the fact that I've you know got any nerves about playing but I don't have any nerves um, what I what I do hold responsible for the beginning of the season was um the fact that everyone had their fill of him in the summer, um, whether it was England under 21s, um, and it was us on in our friendlies. So even up to the you know the, the week leading up to the first game against United, he was playing in the Audi Cup as well, and that's that's going to drain him out. The guy's been uh, a, a kind of like a, a regular for all of our games last season anyway, mm. and combined with that, you know he's become one of the hottest strikers in England. So. Naturally, any opposition is going to say, "Watch out for Kane." Um, the moment that you know he learns more about how to deal with that, and B gets his energy levels back up, he's going to be firing again. But it's nothing to do with his uh, ability. I, I, I don't mm. buy that. I, th- I just think it was, a, it was an opportunity for him to be able to get to a stage where he can be rested. Um, he, you know, he had the game off against uh, Anderlecht for most of it anyway, and um, and now he's he's getting that energy level back. But I, I thought he was brilliant today. Um, as was the rest of the team. We mentioned Alderweireld, and um, I love that combination of him and Jan Vertonghen together. Mm. I think that's that's really um, brought that 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 concrete level of of defence. I mean, we've we've got the is it the second or the third best. Def- I think it's the second best defence in the league. And um, uh, I think it's I'm the best sure actually. Oh, is it? Be- yeah. Well, it, well, it well, was b- b- before the game. Before yesterday's game, I think it was joint best with um, with Woolwich. We both had conceded seven. Um, right. Did they concede one yesterday? No, they didn't, did they? No. Oh, yes, they did. They conceded one. Yeah, that's right. If, yeah. Okay, so so we're still joint, um, joint with them. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. So, so no, no, no. That, but the, that says a lot about where we are this season compared to last season. You know, we've we've improved that, and um, and, and and the fact is, you've got these guys talking. They understand each other's game. They talk to each other, yeah. and also mm-hmm. the young guys around them as well. If if these guys, may, I mean, Vertonghen and Older Viral. They're the they're the experienced heads. Larice Larice made a couple of blunders today, but nevertheless, you know they're the experienced ones. You've got these other guys around them who they're not afraid to stand up and say, "Look, you know, balls that one up there." And and these guys will will uh, respond in kind. So you've got a whole unit who are talking to each other. And I don't want to dance on Kabul's grave too much, but that was what was missing last season. You you mm-hmm. had like your people are looking to each other, and you've got a player who's supposed to be marshalling his space and he's not there or he's not pointing out other people's errors because he's not at the same same level as, as the people around him. You can imagine what Vertonghen must have been thinking at the time. But um, but that, that that's what we've got now. You've, you've got that um, in defence and as far as the rest of the team goes, 
Uh, you know, we, we were talking about this before about how um, players get slagged off, and you know, once upon a time it was Lamella. Look at him now. Then uh, there was a time when Chadley, when he first came, mm. Chadley was getting absolutely mullered on on Facebook and other um, like forums for what one who who what reason anyone knows why, but. Decent player. He played well against us when he was like young boys. He scored against us as well, and um, he's, he's a fantastic um, like European player as well. So they've they've all had a learning curve, and now they're all doing really well. So suddenly you get new players coming through like Trippier, and they get abuse. But it's like give the boy a chance. He's he's in, he's at England under twenty one level. I thought on Trippier because he made a mistake again in Europe on, the, on Thursday. I thought it was a smart move. Of Pochettino to bring on Trippier towards the end. Now I don't know if yeah. that was because yeah. um, uh, Walker was carrying a knock or something like that, but I, if it wasn't, then if it wasn't anything to do with injury or fitness. And the fact that we're we're five one up, we're in a strong position. It's a good point for Tri- Trippier, not an obvious substitution, to come on j- just to do the boys' confidence some good. Absolutely. Um, and you know, yeah, sorry, Jeff. All I was going to say on Trippier was that, you know, he's got some stick recently, but it's but he hasn't played that much. He's 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 still trying to find his feet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what I feel that he will do, I think, um, is that a bit like last season when Ben Davis came in, um, it was assumed that Ben Davis would walk into that team and he that's it, he was going to be our left back. But actually, it made Rose a better player. I think it's provided the competition for mm. Walker that was lacking. Um, I don't know how Trippier's career pro- is going to progress at, at, at Tottenham. It, it's, it's early days. We, we just need to be patient as, as fans. It's conceivable, thinking about this earlier, it's conceivable that he might be a stopgap. He might not be... Um, he, he might be that player that provides that cover and competition to Walker, but it might just be a stopgap for when when Yedlin comes back. Um, if Yedlin's... Um, the player that some of our fans think that he is. I'm not entirely convinced about Yedlin, but um, either way, it's, it's early days, so I, I think you know we need to get behind Trippier. So, so he makes a mistake. Well, he's human. He's. he's... Do, you, do you think Absolutely. on the subject of so on the subject of Yedlin, Jeff? Do you think maybe the reason why he's been um, sent out on loan to Sunderland is because it's not so much an, an, an issue of ability, but he's got to get used to playing in the Premier League. Absolutely, then. yeah. yeah. He, he, he's, he doesn't have that Premier League experience. He's still very raw at the edges. Um, so he, he's been sent out on loan for exactly that reason. Now, I don't know whether he will um, whether he will become a Premier League player and an established Tottenham player or whether, in the end, he's just somebody that provides us with a good marketing opportunity because he's a US player and that sort of thing. But... I think Poch has done the right thing to send him out on loan for, for the reasons that you've outlined. And I think in Korean trip here, we've got, we've got an established Premier League player exactly. who, had a good, who had a good season with Burnley last season. And um, he's finding his feet, you know. The, 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 the difference with, look, with Jan, not, not Jan, but with Toby Alderweireld, he's, he had one season in the Premier League also last year. Um, but not being disrespectful to Trippier, he's a far better player, and he's got the benefit of playing with uh, um, previously playing with, um, with the Tongan. So, in a sense, he was always going to hit the ground running. For somebody like Trippier, it's a bit like Davis last season. It's going to take them time, uh, but we've, yeah. we've just got to be patient. 
And and the thing is, it's a squad game now. You, you've, you're going to have if you, if you want to play at the highest level, you've got to have a second eleven which is almost as good as your first eleven. Because mm-hmm. every single time you have two teams against each other, they always say yes, but look at the bench. Look at the bench. And that's when, in the past, we've had uh, benches that have excelled, and and that's been shown on the pitch. I think that the most obvious one was when we we beat Liverpool two one a few seasons ago, uh, when Benny scored that, that cracker, and um, we everyone was talking about Liverpool, and everyone said yes, but look at look at Spurs' bench, look at Liverpool's bench, and and even as far back as that, we were being touted as a team which was expected to do well because we had a second eleven which could be relied upon, and I think now we're getting to that stage where we've got a twenty five man squad which you could play in Europe or in in the league, and equally there would be there would be decent sides. Mm. There's a lot of quality just on on Kane and also the the the, the, the you mentioned Dev um, out of out and the Tongan. When I was growing up as a kid, one of the things that um, was always told was how the, the successful championship winning teams, the, the teams that would, that would win the league title, and I'm not suggesting for a minute we are there yet. Okay, before anybody gets carried away, um, but all those successful teams had a very strong spine. And I look at our spine, and I look at Larice solid. I look at mm. the pairing of um, Alderweireld and um, Vertonghen, solid pairing there. Okay, then in front of them, Dyer. Okay, mm. he's he's just growing from strength to strength. Yep. Early on, early on, in the, on in the season, when when he played really well against Everton, that was for me the, the standout game. But afterwards, I said, well, let's see if he can do that again. Let's see if he can do that against City. Let's see if he can do that against the big big boys. Um, He's he's continued to do that. He's been pivotal, pivotal, and then up front you've got Harry Kane, who's strong. He can lead the line. We know what he can do, um, and then you've got Eriksson, who can play in behind Kane, and he, he's a wizard. Um, that's notwithstanding the the other areas of the team, the width that players like Son and Lamella and and Rose and Walker when they get forward provide. But having a strong spine is really, really important. And I think for the first time in a very long time, we've got a really strong spine to our team. In the past, we might have had, for instance, we might have had Ledley King, um, but he would get injured on and off, um, even when Woodgate and King play together. But then you looked over their shoulder and we didn't have a, ever a strong goalkeeper or we no. were strong in one department, but maybe not strong in the other. We look solid all around the park. Mm. We do. Yeah. Paul's always said that. Paul has always said you you need to start with the spine of your team, and if you don't have that, well then you're you're in trouble. And and I think that's what Pochettino's brought to the table. He's definitely strengthening strengthening the team from the back forward. And um, and I must say, I mean the boys, yeah, they make mistakes. You know, they're only human, but at the same time, they capitalise on the on the opportunities that they've been given especially in a game like today. And I think whatever Pochettino said to them after Thursday's game must have must have woken them up a little bit because um, I don't think he's the kind of guy that would have really strong words. He just looks so mild-mannered and, and like a decent, fair sort of chap. But I, I think that there's only so much you can take. And, mm. and actually, I've got a question for you guys. I was thinking about this earlier. After seeing... Yeah, Sherwood was sacked, all right. But when he first started, when did he join Aston Villa? 
Was it last season? It was yeah, last it was season. season. And, he did, yeah. and he did some good things with them when they started. The same thing as I have to concede he did when he took over from ABB. A couple of games, you know, we thought, mm, well, maybe, you know. Um, so who is to blame, really? Is it the manager or is it the players? Is it the players that just stop playing for the manager? Is it the manager has no clue about the players that he's got and who he puts on the field? You know, who? what do you think? Who's to blame? Well, um, one, one thing I, I, I learned recently, which is pretty obvious when you think about it, but <clears throat> it hadn't struck me, and that's when you bring a new manager in, he's, I mean, this was when, when Liverpool sacked Rodgers and Klopp mm. came in, and they said whoever comes in doesn't have to play these players that Rodgers not only bought, but because there the, there were players which were bought by committee, this famous committee that Liverpool had, and there were players who Rogers um, waved a flag for, people like Lalana, but, but very much the, the kind of British players who who came in. So uh, Lalana, then he had Lovren and a few others as well. And and basically he would he he had no choice but to play those players because they were quote unquote his players. When Klopp comes in or whoever comes in, they just said, well that person doesn't have that obligation because. He's not got the financial burden of having to play players who he's paid millions and millions of pounds for. Whereas in Rogers' case, Rogers buys Lalana. Lalana doesn't perform, and he has to keep playing him. So when somebody else comes in, he can say, "Well, you know, I've got no obligation to play Lalana. You're on." I mean, that's not how it happened, but um, you know, I don't have to play this player if I don't want to. It means nothing to me. You know, this squad is brand new. So I think that that makes a big difference. So like you said in Sherwood's case. Sherwood takes over from AVB and he basically said, well, look, none of these players are my players. I can play whoever I want and play however. I'd, you know, I don't have any, I don't owe any allegiance to anybody or, or to the owner by saying, yes, well, he's my player. You know, I did say he would be good and he's not. I don't have that problem. So I think that makes a massive difference when you come into a club and, and take on a whole host of players. It's, just, it's not your problem, um, you know, who, who the previous guy bought. You've, you've, mm. you've, got, you've got to be able to have command and control of the dressing room. And the moment that you lose that as a manager, that's it. Um, if you look at somebody like Sir Alex Ferguson, he was always in control. He was always the boss, okay? And the players respected him for that. And there was no one player that was bigger than the club. And if anybody tried to um, uh, think that they were bigger bigger than the club for a moment, that's it. They mm. were showing the door. Um, mm. When players... Um, start to not play for the manager it's because they've lost he's lost control for whatever reason um, and then when a new manager comes in um, they're obviously at the beginning going to be receptive to his new ideas and and we're going to respect his, his and authority. try to impress and try to impress initially I think that's the case with any manager whoever that, that yeah. manager is okay in yeah. the long term so that's probably why Sherwood does well initially he comes in fresh ideas um just the basics so for instance at Aston Villa mm-hmm. um, he brings in Benteke plays to their strength at, with us he brought Addy in, in, in the team built up his confidence um, gave him a chance when, when AVB wasn't so but that works in the short run you know in the long term you, you're going to be found out if, if you've got um, shortcomings elsewhere then you're going to start to be found out and, and players are going to start to lose respect for you so mm. I think that's why um why are we talking about him anyway? Fuck oh, well, because I, I just asked the question, you know, who's to blame, really? Because, because if the players decide they're not going to play for the manager, um, you know, they're not the ones getting sacked. It's the manager who's getting sacked. 
And I mean, if a group of players, I'm not saying that this happens, but mm. if a group of players just decide, well, you know what, well, he's an idiot, he doesn't know what he's doing, and they decide to just, well, well, we're not going to play, they're not, they're not at risk of not getting their, their weekly wages. You know, they're not at risk. Yes, they might not get, get game time, but, but they're not really at risk. The person who is at risk is the manager at the end of the day. And um, I, think, I think one of the things that matters to that is how much experience the manager has got as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember the most infamous story of anyone taking over a club was Tony Adams at Portsmouth, and he was so out of his depth, and yet he had this reputation for winning leagues and titles and all sorts, and he, he turned up at Portsmouth, and he just didn't know how to manage people, and yet he was a leader on the pitch, which was, it just goes to show how different the, the job is, and I think the, the last straw for the for the team was, they lost a game, and he, he opened the door, stuck his head out, and he said something like, um, you know, Defenses lose games or some, something like that and slam the door shut. And these, like, these, this team just being battered, they just looked at each other and thought, well, I'm not taking that from this guy who doesn't know how to manage a club. You know, he's not, he's not got any experience. And, uh, I think he, um, he got fired not long after. Mm. So if you've played with or under decent managers and you've played at international level and you've got an, an element of, well, I know what I'm doing as a player, then you're probably not going to expect someone like Sherwood to come along and tell, dictate to you how he thinks you should be doing things, especially when it's not working. But then equally, <laughs> equally got the reverse side of the coin, someone like Mourinho, who didn't have a distinguished playing career, yes. but he's a bloody yeah. good coach, although I'm not sure what he's doing this season. Um, <laughs> I don't know what he's doing, but he has somewhere along the line, I think he has lost respect of, of the players. Yep. Something has happened in that dressing room, and 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 with all due respect, I think it starts, um, you know, with uh, with the player. Well, what, who are the head players there? There is somebody that has obviously decided they're going to boycott Mourinho. That's the only thing I can think of because he his team is falling to pieces. He's falling to pieces, and and it's only a matter of time. Uh, the fact that well, it used to be it used to be Terry Lampard Drogba, didn't it? That was the yeah. main clique wasn't it yeah. yeah well I mean the one of the aforementioned who I'm not going to mention their captain um, he's obviously he's, <laughs> he's obviously he's obviously <laughs> ageing a bit so that might have something to do with it as well um, they've got quite a few players that probably they need to need to move on and maybe they didn't freshen up adequately in the summer maybe it was a case of resting on their laurels personally I think he's starting to lose the plot somewhat um, blaming everybody and and, but that's uh, the thing. That's what yeah. he does. You know, he's not taking responsibility for it, and I, and I, and that's where I lose respect for somebody like that. Mm. Not that I had much respect for him anyway, but you know, you've got to admit that the guy has achieved certain amount of things. Yeah. And 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 he's losing the plot, and the fact that you're pointing fingers at everybody else and not actually looking at yourself and seeing what you're doing wrong tells me that your ego is bigger than yourself. So therefore, move along, Mourinho, and let's get somebody else in for the poor Chelsea team. But we're not concerned about Chelsea because we're talking about sports. We're not. They're concerned about us. Um, but Wenger and Mourinho, they've obviously got um, uh, game after next, league game after next. Um, we're playing Woolwich two weeks today and then later on in November um, we've got Chelsea. Um, I think that Wenger and Mourinho are probably sorting themselves. Um, after this mm. performance, that they're, they're, they're watching us, and not actually not just over this performance, over the course of the season and what what, what we've done. Um, just going back to at the start, with Dev, you mentioned about the the um, goals conceded. So I've got a table in front of me. 
Um, so we're joint with City and Arsenal in terms of best defensive record. So only only eight goals conceded. Yep. Um, obviously, after today, our goals scored wasn't great, but after t- today, it's slightly better. So we've got 16 goals. Um, the only teams better than us are Leicester with 20, Arsenal with 18, <clears throat> West Ham with 22, and City with 24. Our goal difference is eight, plus eight. There's only three teams that have got a better one. West Ham plus nine. Um, their bubble's going to burst soon. Um, yeah. Woolwich I like what you did there. I like what you did there, Jeff. <laughs> Woolwich, <laughs> Woolwich with 10 and City with 22. You know, 10 games played this season, only one defeat all season for us. Um, actually, the only other team that have got as good a record as, as us in terms of defeats in the league is Leicester City. Um I know that some people were saying, we had a question on this later on um, about when are we going to turn the draws into wins. Well, we've done that today. Um, For me, I'm actually happy with the way the progress we're we're making because we're not right at the top um, and getting carried away. We're not languishing at the bottom. We're making steady progress and I think it can only get better. And when you consider that Mason was back today, which was was nice to see him, obviously we've got Bentelab injured. And Chadley is going to be out for a while, but, but the one player that I really would like back soon is, is Son. Mm, absolutely. Because he will give an injection of pace yes. and something different. Um, so um, I think um, the future is looking very good. Can I just make a um, right right at the very first podcast that we did this season or the or the preseason one? Um, we took predictions, and I think at the time I said we were going to finish fifth and win a trophy. I think I said the the Europa. Um, not based on this performance, and I said it actually before this game. I said it yesterday, and I said the following, and I'm going to stand stand by this now. So I'm going to re- I'm going to revise the prediction that I made at the start of the season. Um, I still think that if we finish fifth, which is what I predicted, that would be a good achievement. Um, but that would be conservative assessment with a small c. Um, I think that we're going to finish top four, okay? And and I said this before the game today, I said it yesterday, and I said it irrespective of the result today, that I would maintain that prediction. So it didn't really matter if we won 5-1 or won 1-0 or lost 5-1. I was going to stand by my prediction, and I will do that. And this, this is my reasons why. I think overall, we look steady, we're making good progress, and I think we can only get better. When I look at the other teams in the Premier League, I think City will be in the top four. Yep. I think Woolwich, it pains me to say this, say this, they always do it, even when they play yeah. badly, so they'll be there. So that leaves two slots. I don't think United are better than us, but no, just not. just for the sake of argument, I'm going to say that they're going to occupy one of the other places as well. Okay, yeah. And let's just say, for the sake of argument, that they'll finish above us. If that leaves one slot. Um, you would say that Chelsea would normally one of those other spots but I just can't see it at the moment they've lost far too many games and and I'm sure they'll turn it around at some point in the season but I think they're just too far behind and they will, they will lose a few more games that's oh that's for sure yeah that, that will happen you know even if they don't even if they go on an unbeaten run for 10 matches or something like that they will lose a couple more that's mm. that's for certain okay we're going to get better I don't see any other teams around us I don't see I think West Ham's bubble, bubble burst as I said earlier I think Leicester they can't continue. Palace are below us. Um, I think Southampton will have another solid, dogged season. Um, Liverpool, I, I think, are a joke. I think their fans are deluded. I think the media in this country is completely biased towards them. 
And I think the only, the only person who's got any sense at the moment in that whole setup is the manager because he's come in and he's realised that look, you 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 guys just need to calm down and remember that shit's not going to happen in two Overnight. months. Yeah, yeah it's not going to happen. And, then, and and you know after the at the end of the Ruben Kazan game as well, I mean you could see like droves of fans leaving, and uh, I, I, as as loath as I am to to um, sit there nodding my head in agreement with Adrian Durham of all people, but he said this the day after on I think it was on Friday, and he said so much for this so-called European Knights at Anfield atmosphere. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I noticed that as soon as the game started, that you've got you've got a brand new manager. You've been singing a song about him. You've got European night. It's, it's, it's not just the Europa League. It's, it's a European night with this new guy. Where's the atmosphere? There was none. Mm. And yes, if you don't have that atmosphere at the beginning, then when it's one all at the end and uh, or nil or whatever it was, and fans start leaving, that says that doesn't say much about what. Um, uh, what what the fans think, which is terrible, really. It's like, what? How lofty are your expectations, or how unrealistic are they? Um, it's just wrong. I think you're you, you're right in so far as yeah, it's a good appointment from from their perspective, and and maybe long term he'll do something for them. But they don't have the quality in the team. Um, no, they so, don't. No, it's it's not. That's that's those players are bang average. I don't, main, main. I don't think there are 15, 16 teams in the Premier League that can finish above us. Put it that way, okay? Um, and I know we've got shortcomings. Um, I know that much will depend, for instance, on Harry Kane. Um, obviously, he scored today, which is good, and, and, and hopefully that 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 will be the spring, springboard, and, and he'll continue. But you know, he could get injured. We could, lots of things could happen. I, I accept that, and and um, we still need to strengthen in in January, although that will be difficult. Um, but despite any shortcomings that we may have, I still think that there aren't 15 or 16 teams better than us. And I, and I think we're going to finish top four. And um, I'm more than happy for somebody to come back at the end of the season and, and say, ha, ah, you were proved wrong. That's if, if we don't do that. But I'm, I really believe we can do that. Um, well, I like your optimism, Jav. So, you know, I'll back you on that. Good. Uh, you know, Jav, I'll back you too because... Logically, you make perfect sense. And when you look at that team and you look at the results we've been getting, the defence, how tight it's become and the goals that we're getting as well. I know today has skewed it a lot more in our favour, but nevertheless, it was it was decent. Um, the only thing I had um, in my head while you were saying all that was, yeah, but I just don't believe anymore. And the problem is, but I, you know, when you've, you've been there and you've been so close, I think that Drogba penalty in the Champions League final, I think that kicked me in the arse so hard that after that I just there's a part of you as a Spurs fan that just it just hurts too much to think about it uh, but but having said that bang on completely agree with you that uh, there's there isn't 16 teams who are or 15 teams that are better than us um, as far as the league table is concerned and, and when you look at the players we've got the setup we've got the fact that the, uh, the players respond to uh, to the manager and uh, the fact that you know their, their their quality as well, and it's showing on the pitch. Why not? Why can't yeah. we get forces? No, I mean, look, we, we've all had disappointments over the years. We've all, all, always had false dawns as Spurs fans. Um, and I'm not, as I said, but I'm not. I made this statement yesterday. I'm not getting carried away, and I've been thinking about it for a few days. I'm not getting carried away based on today's performance. I'm not getting carried away based on our performance against Man City. When we beat Man City, my expectation was that the next few games would be tough. Some people thought, I think Paul Esau, who we, who we had on the pod last week, we thought that, okay, we've beaten City and now we're going to push on. Um, I, 
I think there will be ups and downs, but I think over the course of the season, we've got enough in us, and I honestly believe we can only get better. Um, just, just on the just on the point, by the way, of um, of the Man City game, someone's asked the question, uh, why don't we have a plan B? Now, Brian Campbell. I, yeah, Brian. I love yeah. Brian, by the way. So, uh, so I, you know, I'll, I'll, I just wanted to say that first of all, the the Man City game and the Palace games. I mean, how how the Man City game started? I mean, in fairness, you know, City they 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 did their thing and they went for it, and we were a little bit shaky, but we were also holding our own. But then Potch switched it, and we just went on the rampage. And I know there was lots of offside goals, etc. But nevertheless, you couldn't see anything but a Spurs win. And against Palace, you know, they knew what they were doing. They set themselves up. Mm. We just couldn't break them down. And Potch said, right, bring Son on, do this, do that, do the other. And suddenly we're, we're making inroads. And he said, you know, hit them on the break. And, and it was the same pattern. I think Sky Sports showed it, that as soon as their attack broke down, we just went for it. And, you know, in two or three um, balls, you had Eric's, I think, Lamella, to, uh, yeah, Lamella broke, the, broke the play down, got it to Ericsson, first time pass. And got the got the runner going, and in this in the case of the goal, I think it was Son. Um, but if that's not a plan B, then what is? No, I agree with you. I agree with you. And 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 I mean, I love Brian too. Really, don't get me wrong. But um, is it just is it just that we expect too much as for his quarters? I I don't know. I don't know. I was I was chatting to you before we were recording just about the negativity of supporters and even after today I saw some comments on Facebook where they won't say you know what great performance by the lads it was really good you know Spurs go marching on well done there will always be somebody that's got to nitpick and find something wrong with that performance and that's what does my head in I am so sick and tired of the negativity of Spurs supporters out there. You know, I understand that we go through our highs and our lows, but that's what being a Spurs supporter is part mm. of. So if you can't deal with that, then do us all a favor and piss off because I don't need your negativity. On, on, <laughs> on social media doesn't actually help much at all because everybody feels that they're I think it's the they're same, entitled. isn't it, for every team, yeah. Yeah, it's the a- same across the board. They all feel entitled, and I understand we all want to say something, and we've all got a voice. And and trust me, I've been there. I've had my little digs at players. I mean, okay, granted, Kabul deserved it, and so did Norton. Um, and Abby. And, and no, actually, I've never really had a big dig at Eddie, <laughs> I must be honest. So let's not go there. Um, and he's African, you know, I'm supporting the Africans here. But, you know, I've You've had got juju power. <laughs> I mean, I've had a go at Lamella as well, and and you know the guy slowly but surely proving me wrong. But the point I'm trying to make is, I think I think there are there are supporters across all teams, whether it's the Premiership or La Liga or Bundesliga or wherever it is, who will never be completely satisfied. They are not happy unless they're nitpicking and complaining and finding holes. Because why? they could be so much better than the people who are employed to do those jobs. Well, Give it was only... Sorry? Go on, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, sorry, I was on a, on a little bit of a roll there, but now you broke my train of thought. Well, I was going to say, sorry. Well it, was, <laughs> well, it was only Bournemouth. That's the... Don't that's even not, that's not fair, Jack. That is not fair. No, do you know no, what? By the do... same token, we, I, I, know, I know you're not speaking for yourself, Darren, but yeah. the fact is that 
it's not fair to say it's only Bournemouth because had Bournemouth beaten us, then I mean even even while I was listening to most of the game on um, on the radio, uh, it was very much a case of plucky underdogs Bournemouth and. I think it's unfair on them because they've got a decent side, they've got a decent manager, they've been uh, decimated by injuries, and they've got an absolutely mental goalkeeper. <laughs> how how he how he still you know gets work in the Premier League? Because uh, was he at Southampton last season? I think I'm, I'm at Celtic as well before that. Yeah, and at Southampton yeah. he was just as crazy. I mean, yeah. he comes from the Arsenal school of goalkeepers. You know, they're just completely bonkers. But the fact is, like we uh, he he did the same thing against us today that uh, Ospina did in the League Cup and. And Ospina got away with it, you know, the whole grabbing the ball and dropping it. And he got away with it against against us at the lane. Um, but then in the following match against um, was it Olympiakos, so he did the same thing mm. and he got and he got caught out and um, and they scored. So I don't know. I, I feel sorry for Bournemouth in that sense because they've just got a bonkers keeper. But having said that, they're a decent side. And if they'd beaten us, people would have been singing from the rooftops about, well, we should have been more careful. It is Bournemouth after all. You know what their possible, what their potential is. Absolutely, but 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 look, look. If we just, just playing devil's advocate for a minute, um, Bournemouth—they're not a poor Premier League side. There's been poorer Premier League teams that they're, you know, they're a decent outfit. Okay, and I, I thought we were going to win, and I but I thought it was going to be um, a little bit more difficult than it was. If we had beaten them two nil or two one, okay, our fans would have said. Well, you know, you should have you should have scored four. You should have scored five. Okay, it doesn't matter. You, you can only play the opposition that, that that's that's in front of you. Okay, yes. and if you take and even if you accept, let's just say for the sake of argument that they're a really poor side, you've still got to beat them four or five nil if they're a poor side. And we've done exactly that. Okay, Kane scored a hat trick, yes, against a supposedly weaker team, but he took all took the opportunities that were, that were presented in front of him. Okay, and believe me, if if he hadn't, and we just won narrow. Our fans would have been bemoaning that. So I don't for a minute accept the, oh, it's only Bournemouth. Um, okay, second half of the podcast, um, we're going to look briefly towards um, our games against um, Villa week Monday and Anderlecht. We'll briefly touch on the Anderlecht game from the other night. Um, Bex will have an update um for the Spurs ladies um, and also we'll, we'll do a few questions um, but before we do here's Elliot Line with this week's forward line This is the forward line on the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast with me Elliot Line looking forward to the Premier League game against Aston Villa on the 2nd of November Last season we lost this fixture 1-0 through a Christian Benteke goal however prior to that we were unbeaten against Aston Villa for over 5 years at the time of writing, Tim Sherwood is still manager, however his job looks unsafe. I think we have an 82% chance of scoring, a 45% chance of scoring more than once, and a 61% chance of keeping a clean sheet. The most likely scorelines are a 1-0 win, a 2-0 win, a 1-1 draw, and a 3-0 win. Overall, I think there's a 65% chance of a Spurs win, a 22% chance of a draw, and a 13% chance of an Aston Villa win. This has been the forward line with Elliot Line. Come on, you Spurs. Okay, welcome back to second half of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. Thank you, Elliot. Um, turning to those games, so we've got um, 
I'm going to do this in reverse order. So we've got Villa. We've got Villa on 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 Monday the second, a week Monday, and then we've got um, four days later. Um, we've got um, Anderlecht. Um, I'll start with the Anderlecht game only because we played them the other night. So we lost the first match, um, which was disappointing. Um, but I. I'm not too bothered about that, to be honest, because I'd rather us lose the other night and win tonight than the other way around. Um, mm. And I and I'm confident that we can win the return match um, or the return fixture at home. How do you see that one? Maybe. I agree. I agree, one hundred percent. I mean, yeah, it was it was a it was annoying and frustrating and and all those emotions that one experiences um, being a football supporter of any team. But at the same token, um, you know, I think I think Pochettino has probably given them a good kick up their ass. They're going to, you know, come to us mm. and and um, as Paul rightly said, you know what, we'll be stronger at home. We've got great atmosphere there when we play at home, and we're going to just annihilate them. So I have no issue with with the return game. I think we'll we'll do them. Prediction. Uh, I reckon we'll probably beat them 3-1. Okay, Dev? Well, um, I I expect us to beat them, I'll say 2-0. Um, and the reason for that is because Poch doesn't usually lash out after a... or doesn't have that response after a defeat. Um, but clearly, he he knew that the players knew that they they'd screwed up royally, and he said that as well in his press conference. He said it's frustrating because they knew what they needed to do. They did it for ten minutes, they got a goal, and then they just lost their heads, and uh, we let them back in. So it was a case of knowing exactly what Andlet were going to do, preparing for it, and then just deciding that we're not going to do that for ninety minutes. So he's not going to let that happen again. Um, we've proved ourselves against them already, and. In the in the first ten minutes of that game away, that we can you know we've got the measure of them. So uh, I fully expect us to win on on Thursday. Okay, scoreline. Yeah, two nil. Two nil. Okay, and then it'll probably be five nil now, but uh, I, I don't mind that. That's cool. I can live with that. <laughs> and of course, a few days before that, our next league game um, is a week <clears throat> Monday against. Um, I was going to say Tim Sherwood's Aston Villa, but it's, of course it's not Tim Sherwood's Aston Villa anymore. It's, 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 it's against Aston Villa because they've got rid of that tip monkey. And I think oh, no, they... but have you heard? Have you heard how it's, he's the only manager who gets away with Aston Villa and Tim Sherwood have parted company, or they have gone separate ways? No, no, he's been sacked. Yeah, why can't you just say that he's been sacked? Well, I'm saying it. I would just like to say for the record, Tim Sherwood has been sacked, not parted company. <laughs> <laughs> not gone their separate ways. Not by not, not that bullshit. He's been sacked. He's ha, been ha. fired. Um, yeah, you're fired. <laughs> he's. Um, I feel. Uh, I really. I so I genuinely. I feel so you, I, I feel. I, I, I'm quite upset. I genuinely feel for, for the guy because I think there's no justice in football. Um, Aston Villa should have given him one more chance, one more game, um, and then they could have fired him after after. Oh come on! Six defeats in a row. Jav, six defeats in a row, and he's I, not done it for you know what was what moment when I say moment you know has he had a sequence of results that he put together any single point in his eight months? No, 
The only reason why, like you said before, Nicky and, and Jav, that the reason why they, they did what they did towards the end of last season is because he was a breath of fresh air. Paul Lambert, I mean, God, you fall asleep watching his team or listening to him speak. Bless him. But compared to, but, I, but at least it was draws. I mean, you'd think draws were bad, but then Sherwood comes in and he makes draws look good. So, but, you know. Dev, in the good old days, right, the chairman would have come out, okay, and they would have given him the dreaded vote of confidence. They could have done that. They could have given him a little bit more rope to hang himself with, and then I know, he, I know, could have, he could have I, hanged himself at the lane. Or, or I know, I know what this is brilliant. about. This is this is about that face he does in his uh, post-match press ah! conferences, where he looks like he's got. You don't fall for it, Jav. Don't do it. Yeah, think of think of. The, the juju years, yeah. It's just don't let it get to you, yeah. It's bloody Tim Sherwood, yeah. You get he's, things so off now. You get he's going to be he's going to be living it up with Addy, I guess. They're both both out of work, <laughs> so um, yeah. Um, so it's a it's a manager managerless filler. Although there's talks that maybe I don't think so. I don't think you because even Addy said to him, you know, he pissed. Sherwood off it was the only time I actually had some sympathy for Sherwood when uh, he wanted to bring Addy and Addy said I don't want to be part of a relegation setup I was like that's raw that is raw yeah I mean because he could have made a difference there you know with a fighting for a contract and all that bullshit yeah. but, really say that yeah he said he was, it was all ha- going to happen because he couldn't find a club for love nor money and then obviously Tim being the saviour that he was of Addy's Spurs career uh, he said oh why don't you come to Villa and he went, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he said, no, no, actually, I, uh, don't want to be, I don't want to be part of a relegation battle. Which would anyway... He's right, he's proven right. Yeah. <laughs> but the, he could have been the, the difference, couldn't he? Um, you know, it's not like he had a contract. So, just looking at the table, Aston Villa are bottom. They're not in the bottom three. They're bottom of the table. With Which points. is sad, so, because I like Villa. It's, you know, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be them, but that's their fault for picking someone who didn't have the experience. Shit happens. Okay, so a, a, a possibly managerless Villa. Possibly they might have somebody in by that point. Brendan Rodgers has been talked about. Um, it's a Monday night game. Um, I'm going to predict under the floodlights. Um, I'm, I'm at that match with um, Aaron Wolf. He's, he's appeared on the podcast a few times. He's coming over to, to, to the UK for the first time. Um, and he's been deprived of the opportunity um, of, of seeing Tim. Um, at, at, at White Hart Lane loser match um, but I, I predict we're going to win that one 2-0 I think 3-0 Mickey 2-1-1 no I'm kidding <laughs> I'm just wanted to be between the two of you damn it <laughs> I reckon oh, oh, we'll oh. I'm going to go I'm going to go with 3-0 too 3-0 okay alright um, before we do questions um, here's Bex with this week's update on the Spurs ladies Hello, it's Bex with a quick update on what the ladies have been up to. The Spurs ladies, that is, nobody else. So I reported last week they were playing Leighton Orient in the Capital Cup, the London FC Capital Cup, um, which they did. They had a resounding win of 7-2, so quite convincing. Apart from that, it's been all quiet. It's international break for the ladies, so they've got no league games until the 1st of November and no cup games in the interim either. Um, I'm reluctant to give you any more on the player profiles because there's just not enough information uh, on the Spurs website. So I think for future games, um, I'll just drop names in and if anybody's that interested, they can go and research them themselves. Okay, that's it for this week because it's such a quiet week. Any problems, I'm on Twitter, at BunchesBex. Speak to you soon. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you, Bex. Right, let's do, let's finish off with do, doing a few questions. Um, obviously, these questions came to us before the Bournemouth game, so quite a few of them are going to be irrelevant, um, but we shall read them nonetheless um, because 
Um, they seem quite funny now. So, um, <laughs> Ed Brad asks, after losing to Bournemouth 1-0, after we had 46 shots at goal, will everyone now see Kane is our only line-leading striker and we need to buy another? Oh, pick me, pick me. I want to answer that. Go on, Nicky. <laughs> Ed Brad, you should be ashamed of yourself. You call yourself a Spurs supporter. Where the hell is your faith, man? I am absolutely disappointed in you. I knew we would win today. I didn't think we'd win as well as we did. I thought it would be a closer game, but I knew we would win. So, you know what? Screw all you bloody negative, bloody Tottenham supporters. Go find somebody else to support you, fuckheads. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> okay, um... Moving along, I think it was it, his question was a bit tongue in cheek, but anyway. I understand um, that, Dave. No, no, no. I understand that. Okay, I understand that. Tongue in cheek is all great, but I've told you previously, I am sick to death of the negativity surrounding supporting your football team. If you cannot support them in the bad, you do not deserve to support them in the good. That is the way I feel about it. And that goes for any team, whether any sport. If you cannot be behind them 100%, well, then you know what? Pick a number and bloody leave because yeah. I'm, I'm done. I'm done with people like that. I really am. It's the same as, as, the same as you guys with your rugby. The, the, you know, everybody wants to – you guys really played well and you put up a good fight, but everybody's quite prepared to write off your team as being this, useless, that. But when they were winning, they were great. It makes me sick yep. how fickle fans are. It absolutely. It was a tough group. That was a tough group with Wales and um, it was a Australia. Tough group. Tough group. Absolutely. Sorry, I, I'm digressing, but it just it just brings no, it's me fine. back it, it, how it's, fickle it's a, fans are. It's a po- point well, well well made, and we, we've got a oh I've got a little anecdote on, on negative fans in a minute. Um, can okay, I, can so I just make a, just make a small point on on that question, which is uh, that it's we we do have players now who can who can lead the line i just think it's unfair on um someone like clinton to have to uh come straight in and you know if if god forbid something were to happen to harry then it's i think it's a lot of pressure on him son again you know son's son's an experienced player but again it's um you know it would be a little unfair on him i I think the what um what west brom did with um with berahino was out of order and uh, you know that would have really been our backup plan but then again um, one thing I haven't had an opportunity to say which is as I understand it had Berahino come then Lamella would have gone and that would have been a bloody shame because I'd rather take Lamella over Berahino every day of the mm. week just because of the fact that he's a, he's a fantastic player uh, he can play in midfield and he can play up front and um, and the fact that he's just gritted his teeth, knuckled down, and he's, he's got on with it, and he loves loves being at the lane, so I take Lamella yeah. any day of the week. So, um, no, I, I think we've got options there. I think it would mean that we might change the way in which we play a little bit, but uh, but then again, we've got the guy at the helm who can who can sort that, so um, you know, thank God. Thank God we've got Poch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Absolutely. moving along very quickly, um, Chris Cal asks, will we start turning draws into wins, wins and if so, how and when? Okay, uh, we we we've done it today. That's when and how. I think I think like I said earlier. I think we, we've made a steady start, and I think we're, we're just going to improve over the course course of season. And you'll start to see over time those draws turn into wins. Um, so have a bit of faith. Yeah, and but they'll, they'll be they'll be 
points along the way over the course of the season where, where we'll, we'll, we'll slip up. But that's no different from any, any other team. Um, sort of cover this. Aaron, Aaron Wolf, who I said is going to be at the Villa game, he said, is it wrong to want Villa to win just so Tim is there at the lane for my first ever game? Is it wrong to want him to see absolutely fresh Villa um, and then read all about him getting fired the next day? Is that wrong? Also, is it wrong... That I'm, yeah, I'm, that I'm sure if he gets fired before next Monday, we'll, Villa will beat us. Will, Villa will beat us due to new manager bounce. Nope, they won't beat us. We're gonna. They won't. They can put Mickey Mouse as manager. We're gonna win that game. They've got a rubbish team at Period. the moment, so yeah. it doesn't matter who they put in charge. They, they, they've yeah. got problems. Yeah, but I, I agree. It was disappointing that. Um, he couldn't. That couldn't be his last game. But anyway, um, we, we we could have been the Stop ones put, that, putting Jeff. that final final nail in his coffin. You know, <laughs> dancing dancing over his grave. Um, I will not hear anything positive about that man. Dancing no. and de- dancing and desecrating over his grave. Just um, remember something, Jav. Just remember Anfield, right? When he sat in the bloody director's box and said, "There's nothing I could have done about it." No, but that, that is that unforgivable. Make, that makes yeah, it after that, re- nothing's. Sorry. <laughs> That's. Even more the reason though it would have been nice to have um, <laughs> to, to beat, beaten him. Anyway, um, right. So ooh, Ed Brad, another question from Ed Brad. Right. So he asks, what was the small talk like between myself, Mike Lee, and Jimmy Bullard? So just to explain, um, there's a in the UK there's a, um, a football show called Jimmy Bullard Kicks Off. Jim, but Jimmy Bullard is a former Premier League footballer played for Wigan and. Fulham and Hull City amongst others um, and it started a few weeks ago in fact I think week, week before last um, or fr- sorry Friday before last um, and it's on London Live um, which is a, um, a local station that broadcasts in the London area and on Friday um, I should explain I, I, I worked as a contractor um, at London Live, um, the company that I work for, um, London Live are one of our customers, and I was based there for about eighteen months. So before they, before the station launched in March of twenty fourteen, I was working there. Well, I was based there from well, two or actually almost two, two years ago, October November of twenty thirteen, and I was involved in building that station and launching that station, and I was there for about eighteen months supporting them. So I know the station inside out and on Friday I'm not based there anymore and they're still a customer but um, on Friday I had um, I had somebody from from the station contact me because they had some Spurs fans in the studio um, and they were short of Spurs fans and they said would I be able to jump in and fill that void um, so I said, "Yep, sure, I can do that." Um, I had to leave work early, get quickly, get over to get over from where I was in South London and London Bridge, all over, all, all the way to High Street Ken and to their studios. Um, and I participated in the show. I was in the studio audience. It was good fun. Um, and I got to meet when when I turned up. It was quite funny because you've got all the guests in the green room, like with any sort of TV show. Um, yep. But I've got a pass because I work there. I've still got a pass, so I can just walk into the building, gain access to anywhere, go in, um, say hello to lots of colleagues and whatever, go in their MCR talking, and I'm like, well, should I be here or should I be with the guests? And you know, just just tell me where you, where you want me to be. And I said, okay, could you go in the green room? Which I thought made sense. So I sat there in the green room and I met Mike Lee. Mike Lee is um, 
the one of the presenters on the Spurs show podcast. And we chatted for a bit, and obviously pre pre the show in the green room, and I chatted with some of the other fans. Um, I didn't really get a chance to talk to Jimmy Bullard. There was the odds. So I took my photo with him and shook his hand and the odd word said here and there, but there wasn't much in the way of small talk with him. But I did talk a bit to Mike Lee and the other fans. And I've got to say, and coming back to Nicky's point earlier on, I have never seen so many negative Spurs fans um, from, well, I think Pochettino is going to be sacked by the end of end of the season. And yeah, as soon as we, right. soon as we, as soon as we get knocked out of that Mickey Mouse trophy, um, the, the same Mickey Mouse trophy, by the way, the, the Europa League, which if, if we win, by the way, Will, will get us into the champion Champions League. As soon as we get knocked out of that, um, we can push forward in the league. Um, there was just quite a lot of negative talk, um, generally from some of the Spurs. Not all of them, but quite a few of them who who are in the green room. And Mike Lee, um, pleasant guy, um, but he was harping on about the days when we had Harry Redknapp as manager and how oh, he didn't go, how he, how, how he didn't go to Spurs now as often as he would like because the football wasn't that good, which I think is a great shame. Um, you know, I think... Well, his loss. Well, his, yeah, exactly, his loss. Um, but, yeah, we, we, we chatted a bit, but a pleasant enough guy. Um, talks about his podcast. I'm, I'm, I mentioned the fact that we had a mutual interest and I, I presented um, a podcast and, you know, some of the things that we did with our podcast and the fact that, you know, we, we've got this sort of global global reach and, and co-presenters and panellists from all over the world and how that you know we cover Spurs ladies and, and that sort of thing um, and he talked briefly about his pod um, but that was about it but yeah it was it was it was it was it was enjoyable to be part of it um, and it was great to um, be given that opportunity but um, yeah, some of the some of the fans that I met were a bit negative. Sense of entitlement, isn't it, nowadays across the board, Jav? Yeah. I think a lot of it is to do with fans who um, who go to games, and I can understand. You know, I can, I'm not saying they're right. I can understand that if you're paying sixty odd pounds to go to a football match, that you're going to be a bit upset if your team doesn't win. But beyond that, what can you do? You can't just say, "Well, you know, I'm going to throw my toys at the pram." It doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the the shame about it is is that if you if that's what it takes for you to get upset about it and have this sense sense of entitlement, then don't go and let somebody else go who can't go to games that wants to. Absolutely. Because there's because there's plenty of fans, plenty of Spurs supporters that want to go to games, but they can't for one reason or another. Uh, what if if the reason is that you try and get tickets but you can't or season tickets, then you can't get hold of them because there's such a queue. Then let the guys who are in the queue at least. You know, represent instead. If if it's that much of a problem for yeah. you that it affects your uh, your judgment on, or just just affects your enjoyment factor. You know, if it's that bad, I mean, you know, we're 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 not in the bottom three. We're not in the bottom half. You know, we're quietly doing our thing, and you know, uh, you know, way under the radar. Um, and people, even even the media who like to ignore us unless something bad happens, even they're kind of going. Mm, actually, you know what? Yeah, they're they're all right. You know, no controversy decent side good young players good young english players they're getting results they're on form um mm. fair play to them that's that's the most they can say and thank god you know i just don't want a spotlight on us mm. but thank god because we're doing it and um oh. we're happily happily like chipping away at you know at the, at the top of the, at, towards the top of the table i think that's that's a really good point there you know there are so many fans that are trying to get hold of tickets um 
and and also some that don't necessarily have that opportunity to go on a regular basis. Um, and I'd rather that they be given that opportunity than fans who, you know, think they've got self-entitlement and harping back to, you know, times gone by when it, the football might have been better, might have not, you know, that's, that's a... That's, um, that's but a everyone's an expert thing. now, Jan. You watch yeah. football, football's on oh, all the God, time. You, people have suddenly become experts um, on, on how they think the game should be played and you put football manager in front of somebody and suddenly yeah. go, well, I've done this or hang on, you know, have you actually been a football manager? No. So shut up. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's dangerous, yeah. No, there are lots of experts. I mean, you, 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 Wait, Paul you know, Mason's an expert. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. even the experts don't get it right, guys. Let's oh, just be they, honest. That's here. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, being a manager is a tough job. It's a tough there's, job to do. There's too many like, people that think they know it all, then whatever next they start setting up their own podcast and, and professing that Spurs are going to finish fourth in the league, but hey <laughs> Um <laughs> but that is that's called being a fan isn't it I mean yeah, it's when exactly. you know better than Poch I mean seriously dude I mean the guy comes in at, um, at, at Spurs and basically everyone's like oh well we should have had this player we should have had this manager we should have had that guy what's he done oh he's only gone to Southampton and turned them around he only went to uh, I don't know where he was at at La Liga name escapes me now but he turned them around um, give the guy a chance and since he's come here he's He's cleaned out the players who didn't want to do anything, mm. and he's doing stuff with the players that we haven't got, and he's brought in really exciting young guys. And um, and even then, it's like, can't you just be happy? Just be happy. Well, I know it's not great, well, you know, when you when you lose against Anglet, yeah, I'm just as pissed off. But look, overall, considering where we were and where we are now, it's at least we we can, like you said before, logically, why can't we finish fourth? One of the things that was said was about you know how wonderful it was in 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 the Harry Redknapp era, and yes, it may well have been, and yes, we might have had your Bales and your Modriches and your Van der Vaarts, and there might have been some glory nights. But the one thing that Harry Redknapp didn't do, he wasn't building for the future. He wasn't looking long term. No, um, Pochettino is building something. You know, he's been given a he's, he's been yeah he's been given a five year contract with a view to build something. To be fair, I think so with AVB, both at Spurs and at Chelsea. But the project, or which seems to be the buzzword these days, that never materialised. But Pochettino, you can you can start to see that there's something that he's building, and then you put that alongside the, the stadium, which is finally happening. Um, Pochettino's um, focus is not the media, which is why he, even though he does his interviews in English, it's the same banal, tick the boxes, get this guy with a microphone out of my face so I can out go away face. and do my job. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that, that's fantastic. It's like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, You know exactly what you're going to say. Yes, yes, the player, they play well. Yes, and uh, yeah, it's good. We, we like it. It's good. And it's like, yeah, thank God. Okay, now move out of the way. I've got to go talk to my team. And that's what you want. As, if, you're, if he's the manager of your club, thank God. Yeah, because I don't want, you know, Harry going, yeah, well, yeah, you know, it's like, it's all about this and it's all about that and I'm your mate and you're my mate. Look after me if I ever get the sack and this bullshit. Yeah, it's like, why do you, why would you want that kind of a person in charge of your club? Yeah, you want somebody who's going to say, look, my job here is to get a team together to win stuff, which is what he said himself. And he's always mm. said that. He's always maintained that. And that was a really good accent. I really like that. Say it again. Say it again. Come on, say it again. I feel like Pochettino speaking. I'll, I'll polish it for the next. I've I've been doing my wife's head in, like doing Poch impressions, and she actually said she goes, "Who's this guy with the long hair?" 
that, that's Poch. Ooh, okay. Ooh, I like it. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how you bring it into that house. You have to you have to find the angle for your wife. So look look at this guy with long hair, sexy hair. That's that's a Spurs manager, don't you know? Oh, okay. Okay, moving along enough of me and Mike Lee and Jimmy Bullard. Um Paul Esau asks, and we've sort of covered this, um, in hindsight, or at least after the Andalus game, was or is Kieran Trippier a poor signing or not the quality of player we need to be buying to justifiably say we are moving forward? I think we sort of touched on that. Um, we, 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 we need to give him time. Um, okay. Patch, Patrick Lord asks, is there a place for Townsend at Spurs, especially when Pritchard recovers from injury? I've forgotten about Pritchard. Forgot about Townsend. <laughs> yeah. No, no. You see, I, I, I think that the, I think Townsend's work rate is really good, and there's things that he brings to the team that other players don't. And I think he's a, he's a he's a nice impact player. I wouldn't necessarily yep. have him starting the game, but he's nice to bring on to inject a little bit of enthusiasm and a bit of a spark when we need it. And that's what I like about him. You know, um, yeah, sometimes there's only certain things that he can do or whatever the case may be. So it depends on when you bring him on. But but the, the thing I like about Townsend is his enthusiasm. He always tries really hard. And while he may not always achieve what he sets out to do, he's one of those little energy players that that I think can, can maybe change a game to a certain degree. So... You know, and and yeah, I did forget about Pritchard. Is he injured? Yeah. Is he injured? Okay. You know, I haven't seen enough of him, so I can't really really comment about him. Mm. But at th- the same goes for all our players. Whether they play, you know, on the bench, whatever, we've got some quality players, and they <clears> all have something to bring to the game, regardless of which game it is. And it's just a matter of when Pochettino decides to play them and why he chooses to play them. We've got to have faith in his choices. Absolutely. And one thing is, he, he, I know he's played uh, for England recently, you know, rather than us. But he does seem to have um, developed his game. He's not just cutting in flack towards the keeper, which is what, if you, if you support Spurs and you watch them, that's what he's become known for. But he doesn't do that anymore. He's he has learned how to keep the ball and bring other players into the game, but also use his pace, which which is nice to see. Like like you said, Nikki, that's that's what you want when you when you bring an impact player on. So fair play. Yeah. Okay. Um, last few questions. I'm going to try to rush through these. Um, Chris Kelly, um, who contacted us via the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast Facebook page. That's different from the group. So the Facebook page is it promotes the the pods. Chris Kelly asks, "Would you take fourth place if it meant Arsenal win the league?" No. No. Alright, yes. And I think I've sort of inferred at that earlier by saying that we'd, we'd finish fourth and that they're probably going to f- finish in the top four anyway. Although I didn't, say they'd nec- I, I didn't say they'd finish, I, I didn't say they'd, they'd win, necessarily win the league. Um, but they won't because they don't have what it takes, unfortunately. There will always be a consistent third. Moving on. Yeah. Okay. It would it would pain me, but I'd I'd, I'd still take fourth fourth right now. Um, I've I've sort of accepted my accepted the fact that even when we do finish fourth, they'll finish somewhere above us, which is painful enough. So yeah. Right. Um, Mark Stoll, what's the weirdest place you've watched Tottenham? 
Uh, no answer because I always watch it in my lounge or or at a pub. So, yeah. Dev? I'm, I'm a very boring person, so uh, apart from my living room, nowhere else really. Um, oh, well, and the lane, of course. I am... Uh, not necessarily a weird place, but I've watched... Um, I was... I've been on work trips before to Dubai, um, and the 2009 Capital One or Carling Cup or whatever it was called, the, the League Cup final against United, when we we lost on penalties, it was nil-nil and then it went to extra time, we lost on penalties. Um, I watched that in a pub in Dubai, which you might say is not anything odd about that, but it was just the surroundings and the people who were in the pub. So you had lots of, and obviously lots of expats and people there and people who were there for the same reason as I was for a work trip, so lots of people from the UK. One or two were Spurs fans, so it was nice. Um, but you had lots of um, Arab gentlemen dressed in, um, <clears throat> I don't know what the correct terminology is, but the sort of Arab headgear that Arab gentlemen wear, whatever, whatever that's called. Um, <laughs> the, the white thing. Yeah. 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 Right, and they're sitting there in the pub and <laughs> just there drinking a pint of beer and playing, playing darts and reading the sun. It all looked a bit... <laughs> Weird and Monty, Monty Python. <laughs> so that's that's the weirdest place I've watched Tottenham. Um, okay. Oh, I, I tell you what, the, the, I've watched the derby twice. One was in Valentino's when um, my my team at work, um, my leaving present was a, a tour a tour at the lane, and that was on Derby Day when we beat them three two. So I watched the a first tour of the lane. I, I thought you said you tore up the lane at all. No, no, no. I'm just tour, just a tour at it's the lane. Right. Uh, and we were we were at their place and we won three two. It was that game, and I watched the first half in Valentino's, which was so bizarre because you've never seen so many, uh, so a handful of Spurs fans so angry. <laughs> it's like one guy was swear, one guy was swearing so much in the bomb and said, "Listen, Alf, can you start going? I'll fucking stop shouting and screaming when they fucking score." <laughs> it's like, let's get out of here quick, yeah. And uh, and we watched the second half at. It, in the actual, like, I think it was like the executive suite, because someone ran down while we were in the trophy room and goes, "It's three two, quick, get up now!" Right, so suddenly, soon it's like this group of like like people on the tour just scuttling up the stairs, including like uh, I think it's uh, Pete, the the guy who was doing the tour, and just like watching it on this television, like the the final seconds ticking away. Uh, and the only the only other time was uh, I watched uh, we won two one. Uh, I think this was in two thousand and. Uh, 2010, 2011. Uh, actually, no, no, it was more recently than that, and it was we won two one at the lane. I think it was one where Kyle Walker scored that wonder goal, and it was in the White Hart pub, which is actually a Guna pub, full of Gunas, well, about three quarters full, and in Stoke Newington, and uh, and that was a little bit scary, but uh, there was enough Spurs fans there that I could have hidden behind if anything had kicked off. So that was nice, yeah. So we won both of those. So not really weird, but interesting. Yeah. Okay, um, we've got time for one more question. Uh, okay, n- another question here from Mark Stoll. Let's, let's finish off on this one. Um, Mark says, have you ever rejected someone because they support Arsenal? Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> would, you care, would you care to elaborate on that? <laughs> I have unfriended people that I know are Arsenal supporters, granted, on Facebook, um, but... I just, I just 
you know, I, I didn't particularly like them anyway. And when I found out they were Arsenal supporters, I understood why I didn't like them. <laughs> I know that's pretty shallow, but that's the way it is. Um, but yeah, if if I mean, you know that I met Paul on, on an internet dating site, and if mm. he was an Arsenal supporter, or if I was an Arsenal supporter, I can tell you right now, we would not be together three and a half years later. There is no chance of that. So thank God we were both Spurs supporters. And I think I feel the same way about Chelsea, actually. I, I know some Chelsea supporters, <clears> but fortunately they're fair-weather supporters. They're not real supporters. So, you know, I don't mind them as much. But um, but it's the die-hard ones, the ones that just feel the need to to give a stick and, and vice versa. I just don't get that, you know. We just have more class than that, don't we? We do. I think they're simpletons, basically, Arsenal fans, really. <laughs> yeah. And 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 I find I find it hard to engage with them because they're just a bit backwards, really. So, um, yeah. Have you ever? I, I, no. Well, um, I think we had we had the sort of reverse of this question maybe back a long time ago on the pods for when we started early on about you know would you would if it came to it, would you reject somebody if um, you found out they were subsequently they were an Arsenal fan or something like that? And I suppose the answer is no. But um, uh, they're just simpletons, really. To be honest, you know. I mean, some of my best friends are Arsenal fans, but you know. But hey, hey do you hey. guys discuss football at all? Do you have a go at each other? There's one guy that I work with, um, and he's a nice guy, and um, I try not to discuss football with him because <laughs> just just avoid just yeah. I, I just, I, just I, I, I yeah I don't I don't get that you know that that and understand I mean I I dislike them as much as the next person okay but I don't understand the whole need to to tag somebody in a post and and try and destroy their their football team or whatever or vice versa like I've seen on on Facebook in recent months I just don't understand that way of thinking you know what so I support one team you support another team have respect for each other because if you don't have respect for each other why the hell are you even friends on Facebook I'm sorry that I just I don't mm. I don't get it you know so, and, and that goes for any team. So I support an, a team that you don't particularly like and I don't like your team. You know, they're, they're friends on Facebook who um, are Liverpool supporters, who are um, Arsenal supporters. We don't touch on football at all. I never comment on their posts. They never comment on mine. Granted, I probably post more Spurs-related posts than they do about their team. But... We just stay away from it because it's it's just a sign of respect. There's no need to go, oh, we're going to nail you today or oh, we're going to hammer you. Oh, you're going to lose. Oh, you this. Oh, you that. And name calling. I don't get it. If you're in a private group and you want to talk like that about other teams, by all means, go wild. But but on a on a for you know on on such a public forum where everybody can see see that sort of thing, doesn't it say a little bit about you? You know, it should be a bit of class, for goodness sake. There's no need for that kind of nonsense. It's so unnecessary. But on 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 the podcast, we can we can call them a bunch of wankers. That's not a <laughs> 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 I know right. That's um, completely hypocritical, but hey ho. 
on that note, um, just just quickly to mention, um, I've, I mentioned the, the Facebook page promotes pod. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at thf podcast. That's the Twitter handle. Um, we've also got the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast webpage, um, which I think is exactly that. Mm-hmm. Um Nikki, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, um, and on there, you can find links to the podcast. Obviously, the links to the hyperlinks, which go to the to the Twitter page, but also a number of articles that um, that, that have been written. And there's also links to um, Elliot Lyons' forward line. And and if you're interested in writing any articles for for for, for the Tottenham Hotspur Family podcast, then please feel free to drop us a line. Um, and final thing I should add is um, mentioned obviously Aston Villa next game a week Monday um, because I'm going to be at that game and I probably won't get back till very late I'm not oh, the next podcast we'll be recording the next podcast a week Tuesday so on Tuesday the 3rd of November I'll put that date in your diaries and I'm hope I'm hoping the podcast that edition will be slightly different and not just the fact that it's on Tuesday but we shall see um, <laughs> right um, thank you Dev good to have you back on the podcast a pleasure thank you and I should say I should, have, I should have said this right at the beginning and apologies that I didn't say this but since the last last time that you appeared on the pod which which was March um, you've, um, you've you're, you're, you've married so congratulations on, on that thank you Pope, she's, Pope she's, she's also Spurs so she wasn't before, but she is now. She has a family uh, of Gooners. She has a family of Gooners who who actually had the temerity to invite her along to the Emirates for a game right in front of me, and it took all of my beings to hold it in and say, "You're not seriously contemplating that." And she went. She, had, she saw the she saw the rabid look in my eyes, and she went, "No." <laughs> that's the only that's the only time it's, that conversation has ever taken place in that style. Usually, it's like, "Yes, miss." Well done for converting her. <laughs> oh no, she loves it. She she sees us. So she goes, I like Spurs. She goes, you know, uh, first time she she um, I asked her, I said, well, who do you know? She goes, that's Adebayor. That's the guy who picks up loads of money and doesn't do anything. I went, love, I love you. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> right on that note, thank you, Nikki, as ever. Um, Thanks, Jeff. Uh, the future's bright. The future's lily white. Good night. Come on, in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out all the hurt.